And if you think that you're just a person that showed up today to South Walker Baptist Church, you're much more than that. There's much more in store for you in life than simply being here. There's more for you in life than simply saying that even I'm a Christian. And Jesus gave His life for us to understand more deeply what that is. And I hope by the end of today, when we get to this table, that there's a new, that there's a new experience here for you. In verse 22 of chapter 14, Mark records, it says, As they were eating, He took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them and said, Take it. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out from many. Truly I tell you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And then 26 says, After singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Now, we all know this is a Passover story. They were there celebrating the Passover. The most most celebrated day in their lives was Passover. This was to commemorate the day that God had set them free from Egypt. And how did He do that? You remember? He sent plagues to try to convince the Pharaoh that he had lost the battle with Yahweh, that he was taking his people back. And of course... You know, the Pharaoh, believing that he himself was God, kept convincing himself that he could hang on to God's people just a little while longer. And so finally, Moses went and told him. He said, look, there's a plague coming tonight. And tomorrow you're going to let his people go. And we all know the story. He told them all. He said, take your best lamb, slaughter it. Cook it in a way. That means that you're in a hurry. Don't even sit down to eat it. When you eat it, you're going to be standing up. You eat bread that hasn't had time to rise, unleavened bread. Because we're in an urgent place here to go be with your God. And He's about to do a remarkable thing to set you free. But you must do this one thing. The blood from that lamb that you slaughter, that you cook, to share together that night, you take that blood and you put it on the doorpost and it will be a sign for the death angel to pass you by. The blood of that lamb will give life to your house if you do precisely what I tell you to do. Listen carefully and do what I do. And so they do it. And that night, the death angel came upon Egypt. And every house that did not have the blood of that lamb on its doorpost, the firstborn in that house perished and that was enough to convince Pharaoh for a few days anyway and he let God's people go but that's not the end of that story God wants an agreement with his people now you think about this they leave they leave Egypt all right They get to the the Red Sea. We all know that. Their backs are against the wall. They're all panicking what to do. God tells Moses exactly what to do. They walk through the sea to the other side on dry land. 
And uh, the Egyptians by this time are running them down because Pharaoh's changed his mind. doesn't matter how many die in Egypt. He wants his slaves back. And of course, his army gets swallowed up in the sea. Only what that means is all of Israel is out in the desert with nowhere to go. They're in the desert with nowhere to go. But they have one purpose. And that's to meet their God. God brought them there to meet them. And it is His purpose to establish for Himself a people. So when we look in Exodus 19, many things happen between their leaving and and 19. But I want us to go over and look at what God says here. Beginning with verse 3. Because we discover the purpose that God has behind all of this. And it's why we are here today. It says, Moses went up the mountain to God and the Lord called to him from the mountain. This is what you must say to the house of Jacob and explain to the Israelites. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. So the whole point of this is to set his people free so that he can bring them to himself. His love is so deep for Abraham and for Isaac and for Jacob and the promise that he made that he has gone through all of this so that he can bring a people to himself. Now, if you will carefully listen to me and keep my covenant, you will be my own possession out of all the peoples, although the whole earth is mine. So he says to them, you will be my special treasure. Listen carefully and keep my covenant and you will be my special treasure. Everything belongs to me. But it's like he looked through all the rubies in the pile and he pulls out the best one. He says, that's how I love you. Although the whole whole earth is mine and you will be my kingdom of priest and my holy nation. These are the words that you are to say to the Israelites. So what is God's purpose in all of this? He has them to himself. Although everything in the earth belongs to me, I've chosen you and you are to be mine for, for a particular purpose. You are to be my priest. What does that mean? A priest is a mediator between God and other people. So he says, you're going to be my priest, meaning that your role in all of human history is to bring people to me and to show them who I am. Okay? You're to be priest and you are to be my holy nation. Everything about your life is going to be set apart for me. Now, that's fabulous to me. Y'all, y'all seem too excited about that. Of course, they weren't too excited about it either because God kept showing up in, in clouds and flames and they were scared to get to death to even have anything to do with him. And, um, and they were out in the desert away from everything they knew. They didn't have any food. They didn't have anything. They were totally dependent upon God. And yet God's all excited about this. 
<laughs> because he can make manna and have that. He can have quail fall from the sky. He can make rocks, water come out of rocks. God's not worried about any of the things they're worried about. He is ecstatic because his people are with him. And he's given them the greatest honor and purpose that there is, that they're going to be able to, to draw the world to him and him to the world, and that they're set apart only for him. Now, I don't, from, from this perspective, what could be better in life, right? What could be better? Right? Okay. Because if this isn't the life you want, go do something else today. It's pretty plain. God hasn't changed His purpose. He hasn't changed His desires. He hasn't changed His covenant with us. This has all been the same since the very beginning. If we look over in Exodus 24, we see this whole covenant ceremony that happens. And I want you to pay attention because He says in this that this is a covenant of the Word. And this is where we fail. Then he said to Moses, Go up to the, uh, up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and seventy of, of Israel's elders, and bow and worship at a distance. Moses alone is to approach the Lord, but the others are not to approach, and the people are to not go up with him. Moses came and told the people all the commands of the Lord and all the ordinances. Then all the people responded with a single voice. We will do everything the Lord has commanded. And Moses wrote down all the words of the Lord. He rose early the next morning and set up an altar and 12 pillars for the 12 tribes of Israel at the base of the mountain. Then he sent out young Israelite men and they offered burnt offerings and sacrificed bulls as fellowship offerings to the Lord. Moses took half the blood and set it in the basins. The other half of the blood he splattered on the altar. Then he took the, co the covenant scroll and read it aloud to the people. They responded, We will do and obey all that the Lord has commanded. This is the second time that they've said that. Moses took the blood, splattered it on the people and said, This is the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you concerning all these words. Okay, the reason why there's blood is that someone has to, there has to be a life given to commemorate the covenant. Blood has to be spilled. There's life in it. If you want to give life to the agreement, you put blood upon it because there's life in the blood. And so that's what's happening here. The blood is put upon the people and it is giving the covenant life. This is, this is how you will live. This is the, this is the stuff of life now. You're going to follow the commands that God has given you to obey. And they said twice, we will do and obey what the Lord commanded. Then Moses went up with Aaron, Nabab, Abihu, and 70 of the Israel's elders, and they saw the God of Israel. They saw him. Beneath his feet, was something like a pavement made of lapis lazuli, as clear as the sky itself. God did not harm the Israelite nobles. They saw him and they ate and drank. You know what this says? They saw him and they had a party. That's what it says. They saw him and they had a party. They did not die 
Up until this point, their only fear of God was that if they got too close, they would die. And now because the covenant has been established, they go to God, they see God, and they have a party. But what happened? I mean, this is all good. But what happened? We couldn't keep our word. It's something as simple as a word. And we couldn't keep it. We couldn't do what God said. We couldn't live the life that He wanted us to live because we couldn't do what He said until finally we get all the way over to Jeremiah and the people are running back to Egypt for help. <laughs> and Jeremiah said, what are you doing? Until finally he says in, in chapter 31, is everybody familiar with Jeremiah 31? You could turn there. Jeremiah 31. It says, look, the days are coming. This is the Lord's declaration. When I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, this one will be not like the covenant I made with their ancestors on the day I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant that they broke, even though I am their master. He says, even though I'm standing in the room telling him what to do and the results of what will happen if they don't follow what I say, they did it anyway. It's like I'm just, we just got in his face. The Lord's declaration. Instead, this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days. The Lord's declaration. I will put my teaching within them and write it in their hearts or on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will each, will one teach his neighbor or his brother saying, Know the Lord, for they will all know me from the least to the greatest of them. This is the Lord's declaration. For I will forgive their iniquity and never again remember their sin. This is what the Lord says. The one who gives the sun for light by day, the fixed order of the moon, the stars for light at night, who stirs up the sea and makes its waves war. The Lord of, of armies is His name. For this fixed order departs before me. This is the Lord's declaration. Only then will Israel's descendants cease to be a nation before me forever. This is what the Lord says. Only if the heavens above can be measured and the foundations of the earth below explored will I reject all of Israel's descendants because all they have done. This is the Lord's declaration. He makes a promise. After those days, they forgot that too. If you read through the information that we have between the Old Testament and the, two and the New Testament, you don't read a lot about a covenant. But then Jesus shows up on the scene. And His whole life is about new life. His whole life is about a new covenant. And it all gets summed up in this short little passage in Mark chapter 14. 
what does he say? He says, take and eat the bread. By this time, the Passover had become a very methodical process. There were at least 16 different steps they went through that evening. If you've been with us on the Wednesday night before Easter, we've done this several times. And you may recall that there's a place where we uh, go through what I call a Christian Passover where you break off a piece of the unleavened bread and you hide it under the plate. And when we do that together, we use that for a different purpose than what the Israelites did at the time. They did the same thing. They would take a piece of unleavened bread and they would hide part of it under the plate. But that portion was saved for when the Messiah would come. So it was very symbolic. They knew that He would come to save them. And they saved a portion of the bread so that He too could participate in the Passover with them when He would come. And Jesus takes that piece of bread and He breaks it and He gives each one of them a piece. And He says, this is my body. I'm the Messiah. Only I haven't come in some nationalistic pride like you've come to believe that I'm coming. I've come to give my life for you. I've come to shed my blood for you. If you really want to be free, this isn't the old Egyptian freedom where you're out from under the slave master of some man. This is real freedom. You're out from under the slave master of sin. And death, and I've come to defeat that for you. And they ate that bread. And then he took the cup. Now, by this time in the meal, there's only two cups left. One's for Elijah, and the and the other's the one that you drink after everything's over. And it's believed that he took the cup that was for Elijah. And the reason why there was a cup for Elijah is because. In order for the Messiah to come, Elijah had to come first. And so they had a cup there waiting for him too. And I think Jesus picked up that cup and he passed it around to all those guys that night. And it says they all drank from it. And he says, this is the blood of the covenant. Now, Luke calls it a new covenant. Nowhere else is it called a new covenant except by Luke and Paul. In, in 1 Corinthians. Jesus never says, by all accounts, that it's new. It's the same covenant. It's just got a new meaning. Meaning that God has been about this business ever since the beginning of saving us from our sin. It's just finally happened. And He took that cup and they all drank from it. And He says, this is the blood of the covenant. The covenant that finally is going to set you free. Real freedom. The covenant that is finally going to set you free from sin and death. It's here. And this is it. And it's just not some blood that's sprinkled on the outside. It is exactly what Jeremiah said it would be. This is something that's going to happen from you on the inside. This is going to change your life. Now, in the first covenant, you had to keep laws, and we broke those laws. But in this covenant, where Jesus is the blood, we don't have to do anything except what? Believe it. 
Believe it. And if you believe it, certainly you will live by it. Right? I think that's the challenge today. I think there's a lot of people that want to believe it and do believe it. I think the challenge is to live by it. Christ has come to set you free from the sin and death in your life. But He is, he is perplexed at why we keep running back to Egypt, while we keep going back to the old sinful way when we have life with Him. It just, it just perplexes Him. And quite honestly, it should perplex us. Why do we continue to go back to the place of our sin and death when we have life in Christ Jesus, when He has given so much for us to have it. And so when Jesus said in Luke that whenever you do this, remember me, that's what we're here to do, is to remember and to remind ourselves that there's nothing for us in Egypt because we're with God and we can be with God. And we can eat and drink. And celebrate it. And we can do that. Because His Son Jesus has given all for us to do that. Let's pray. We love You, Father, and we thank You for the salvation that You've given us in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And we pray now, Father, that as we take this cup, as we drink, as we eat this bread, that you will remind us in our hearts precisely what you have done for us. Not as a human race, but I mean what you have done for me. Help us to know more clearly that we truly are set free. That this agreement that you've made with us through the blood of your Son is one that endures forever. It is the one that brings us true freedom and true life. So guide us in this moment of worship as we too eat and drink before you knowing that we have nothing to fear because of all that Christ has done for us. And we pray this in His name. Amen.